Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. Today we have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called The Art of Healing, brothers and sisters. The Art of Healing. Today we will do a thorough examination of the tenets of healing. We will speak about deliverance from the bondage of sickness, brothers and sisters. A lot of people have the question, where, why is there no healing within the Christian church? Even when you're dealing with Israelites, Israelites don't deal with what? Healing. I, mostly, it's more about follow the law, wear this, and no, no holidays, pick up holy days. And these are one of the main tenets of Christ's doctrine. So today we're going to uncover the secrets when it deals to the art of healing, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hebrews 6 and 1. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Read that one more time, brother. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ, brothers and sisters. Now it's going to tell you what the doctrine of Christ is. Meaning, anybody who claims to represent Christ must teach what we're getting ready to read here. Let us go on a perfection, not laying against the foundation of the repentance from dead works. And of faith towards God. So what are the doctrines, brother? Of the doctrine of baptisms. Baptisms. Anybody following or teaching Christ's doctrine or the apostles' doctrine must be in subjection to this doctrine. Baptism, which means you believe that you must be physically baptized with water. Okay? And you, in order to teach, you must be teaching this. Read that one more time. Verse 2. Of the doctrine of baptisms. And of the laying on of hands. And the what? And of the laying on of hands. This is healing, brothers and sisters. You must teach the doctrine of baptism. You also must teach healing, brothers and sisters. And of resurrection of the dead. And of eternal judgment. Right. So you also must speak of the resurrection, brothers and sisters, and judgment. And we're not talking about reincarnation, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the, once you die, the way Christ was resurrected again in his new body, brothers and sisters, not reincarnated where you come back as, you know, as a plant or something else. That's not the resurrection of the dead, brothers and sisters. But we're showing you the doctrine of Christ is what? Read verse two again. Verse two of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead. And of eternal judgment. So if somebody's not teaching these three tenets, brothers and sisters, which is the doctrine of baptism, the laying on of hands, which is healing, and the resurrection of the dead, you're being seduced by a doctrine of devils. Because this is the doctrine that separated all Israelites from those who follow Christ, from the Nicolaitans, from the Pharisees, from the Sadducees, brothers and sisters from the Essenes and all the other sects of Israelites, brothers and sisters. This is the doctrine that separated Christ and his followers. So if somebody's not teaching these core principles, which you read in Hebrews 6 and 2, then they're not teaching the apostles' doctrine, which is the doctrine of Christ. Read verse 3, brother. Verse 3, And this we do, if God permit. And this will we do. And that's what we're doing today, brothers and sisters. You can go through... A, the, the myriad of lessons that we have done up until this point, brothers and sisters, and we have spoken on all of these things. We've spoken on the doctrine of baptisms. We've spoken on the resurrection of dead. 
of the dead and the eternal judgment. And today we're going to deal with the laying on of hands, brothers and sisters, the art of healing. Let's go to Acts. Follow us, brothers and sisters, into the Acts of the Apostles, New Testament. We're going to go to Acts 16. We're going to start at 15, brother. Acts 16, verse 15. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying... Now notice, when she was baptized, that's one of the tenets. Verse 15. And when she was baptized... And her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come in unto my house and abide there. And she constrained us. She, after being baptized, brothers and sisters, she propositioned the disciples to come into her house. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us. Which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Which did what? Which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Examine this. Analyze this, brothers and sisters. There was a sister with the spirit of divination, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Which is necromancing and telling the future, brothers and sisters. Prognosticating, brothers and sisters. That's the key part we want you to to see. We need you to analyze which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Keep that in mind. Jump to verse 17, brother. Verse 17. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. So this particular damsel followed behind Paul, brothers and sisters, saying what? These are servants of the Most High God. Because why? Even the spirits can identify the power of the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And did these she many things. Read that one more time. And, and this did she many days. So she followed after him. She stalked him. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, What did he say, brother? I command thee in the name of Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Read. And when her master saw that... Read that one more time, 19. Verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of, her, of their gains was gone... Read that part again. Verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone. When her master saw once she was healed, the hope of their gains was diminished. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under their rules. So examine that. Analyze that, brothers and sisters. Investigate that. Look at that. So because she was bringing them much money, they wanted her to continue to be possessed by a demon. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time. Acts 16, verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the, the rulers. And what happened? And brought them to the magistrates, magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Read that again. 
and they brought them to the magistrate, saying, What did they say, brother? These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Examine it. <laughs> Analyze this, brothers and sisters. Some brothers, some Jews, some Judeans who are healing a sister are bringing trouble to our city. <laughs> Look at this. Their indignation furnishes a remarkable illustration of the fixedness which people will regard wealth. Brothers and sisters, and this is the type of society we're living in today. I need you to read 20 and 21 one more time, brother. Acts 16, verse 20. And brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teaching customs. Which and, are, and doing what? And teaching customs, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe. Being Roman. Being who? Being Roman. Being who? Being Roman. This is the type of society we're living in. These Jews do bring exceeding trouble. They're teaching customs which are not lawful for us to receive. <laughs> Look at this, brothers and sisters. Who are the Romans? What society is that? The Edomite society. Those who are ruling right now. Those who use the moniker of the eagle. It's showing you that it was against their, their law. To receive the customs of the Most High God. The customs of Christ. Read 20 and 21 again, brethren. Verse 20. And brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teaching customs, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Examine that. I need you to really analyze that, brothers and sisters. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. So it's against their culture, brothers and sisters, to do what? To heal. They need you sick. Why? Because if they can benefit financially from your spiritual sickness, it's not economically wise for them to do anything for you to be healed, brothers and sisters. And this is the key that we need brothers and sisters to understand. We're dealing with this same type of society. The Romans were Edomites, brothers and sisters. The society when Christ was alive, Christ was being persecuted and the disciples were being persecuted by Edomites. Who are who? They're the, the, the Caucasian people. Now, we're not saying all Caucasian people are doing this. We're saying the elite, the power structure, the governmental structure is against the laws of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. They need you to be sick, brothers and sisters. What happened after that, brother? Read verse 22. Verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. So look at this. Because we're healing people, <laughs> the magistrates would rip us naked and beat us. I need you to look at this. And this is why our people, the Jews, which was us, were cast out of so many different countries, brothers and sisters. Why? Because of this right here. When we come to your land, we bring the Mosai. We bring the knowledge of the Mosai. We bring the customs of the Mosai. And these other nations who are knowingly pagan say it's not lawful for us to receive nor to observe this. We're making money off this. This is, not, this is financially irresponsible for them to come and heal a sister we're making money off of. I need that to stay in your mind, brothers and sisters, because that is our starting point. This is a springboard into what we're seeing today. The art of healing, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 
12 and 26. Let's go to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. We've now seen the disciples be beat. Why? And excoriated for doing what? For healing the sister. Matthew 12, verse 26. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Brothers and sisters, <laughs> I need you to analyze this scripture because the healthcare system or the healthcare industry profits more from sickness than from health. Why? Because pharmaceuticals are in the business of selling drugs, not healing people. So the more they can manage rather than cure the disease, the more money they could make. Why would a satanic institution, a government, be against healing you when they're making money off your sickness? If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. So how could an a, a evil... How could an evil society with an evil government structure tell you what's best for your health? They would not, brothers and sisters. Why? Because if they did, they would be against themselves. Read 26 again, brother. Verse 26. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? If he work against himself, how can his kingdom stand? His kingdom can only stand off sickness, brothers and sisters. This is the only way. So no, these the witches back then are now wearing white jackets. <laughs> Don't trust somebody because they have a white jacket on, brothers and sisters. You need to ask sensitive questions. I told a brother that uh, this week we were in talking about um, vaccines. And I said, do you get vaccines? He said, yeah. I said, why? He said, well, that's what my family does. And I'm like, brother, you're a millennial. You are smart enough to not just accept something based on tradition, brother. You have the ability to do what? To take your health into your own hands and to go and research it for yourself. And if it don't make sense, then don't allow somebody to make you shoot yourself up with something unclean within your bloodstream. I said, at least, brother, at least ask them what's in the vaccine. Ask them what is the side effect, whether they say it's 1% or not. You are valuable, brother, and you should at least know what it could lead to. At least do that. Because I asked the brother, I said, what's in the vaccine, brother? Well, I don't know, brother. <laughs> You're smarter than this. At least find out what the ingredients is, brother. At least find out what the side effects could be, brother. You, you're valuable. You don't have to do something because somebody in a white jacket told you to. Because why? Why would the doctor lie to me? Because he make money off you being sick, brother. That's why. That's why. And I encourage parents with young children to do their research. Why? Because you're, you're your own... Your child's self-defense. He, he or she cannot defend themselves as a baby. They can't tell you, mommy, daddy, this hurts. I got tingling in my feet. I'm burning on the inside. Only thing they can do is cry. So examine this, brothers and sisters. Next time they bring in, you know, about vaccines, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, bring in the package. Don't just bring a needle in here and think you're going to shoot my son up with a needle. That's not happening. Let me see the packaging of the needle. Okay? Let me see that first. 
Let me see the ingredients of it. Because I asked a doctor one time, I said, well, uh, how much um, mercury, <laughs> you know, how much mercury is safe to be in a child's bloodstream? And he already knew what he was, <laughs> he knew what I was getting to. Because what they'll say is, well, no, it's, it's just a little bit amount to where it's not harmful. So I flat out asked him, brothers and sisters, well, what's the safe dosage of mercury for a child's bloodstream? So you can ask the doctor, sir, do your children take vaccines? Because when I've asked, they all said no, brothers and sisters. And I don't ask every doctor, but I have asked before. Like, don't tell nobody, but no, I don't take these. So why are you trying to shoot my son up with this mess? Because there's kickbacks, brothers and sisters. Do you know how much money it takes to make a, um, a vaccine? And they're giving it out for free? Why? Because they know when they look at your vaccine schedule and your child is up to date, guess what? They're already, they're already um, adding it up in their mind. They're saying, okay, he's gotten six vaccines in the last three years. That's going to be $275,000 in the future of that they're going to have to come back to the doctor for. This is what they're doing, brothers and sisters. If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. So you cannot trust him. Brothers and sisters, just because he have a white jacket on, you must do the research, brothers and sisters. Don't just allow them to shoot something into your bloodstream. We just showed you in the previous scripture, Acts, it, that what? When they make money off of spiritual sickness, they are not happy <laughs> about losing that profit. They're in the business of garnering as much revenue as possible, brothers and sisters. That's the business that they're in. Brother Joshua, read Matthew 12 and 26 one more time before we move on. Matthew 12, verse 26. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Right, so just logically, brothers and sisters, the healthcare system which is a philathery with a serpent on it, <laughs> they wouldn't tell you what's best for you, brothers and sisters, if they're, if they're gaining financially from your sickness. They're there to make sure that they manage rather than cure the disease. The longer I can keep you alive, the more money I can make off you. So now, let's see how this has influenced the healthcare system we have today. We're going to go to Luke 8 and 43, brothers and sisters. This is the art of healing, brothers and sisters. Luke chapter 8, we're going to read verse 43. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Luke 8, verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years. Read that again. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years. 12 years. Which has spent all her living upon physicians. Which did what? which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. So she had a perpetual cycle, sisters. Sisters, no, what they call a, a period. It was perpetual for 12 years, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians. Which did what? Which had spent all her living upon physicians. To prove to you that sickness is profitable. Brothers and sisters, she spent all her living upon physicians. See, 
So if somebody would spend their whole living on physicians, they would, do you think they may actually suppress cures for diseases, brothers and sisters? Wouldn't common sense tell you that? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him, him, and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. Examine that. Analyze that, brothers and sisters. Upon touching the hem of Christ's garment, this sister was healed. Healed. That means, listen, when Christ healed you, it's a one-time fix. This sister had an issue of blood for over a decade, and spent her entire living. <laughs> this is what happens, brothers and sisters. So, Capitalism would lead them to suppress cures for diseases in order to secure a perpetual line of income. Brothers and sisters, it's a capitalistic society and they get paid off sickness and death. Brothers and sisters, that's why you see a lot of, um, uh, you know, when you die and, and you need to buy uh, caskets and, and different stuff like that. These caskets are thousands of dollars, brothers and sisters. They're making money off death that the life insurance, the parlors to do, um, you know, to, to deal with people who are being cremated, who are putting together funerals, funeral homes. There's so much money because there's a couple of things that you know will happen in life, birth and death. So they have set up a system where you can't even bury somebody in the ground. <laughs> it's Hebrew custom that you're not allowed to be, uh, you're not allowed to burn your body. That's a pagan Roman custom when you burn your body. Your body's supposed to go back into the ground in which it came from. Because why? Adam was made of the dust. When Christ come back, that same body that's in the ground is resurrected up into a new body, brothers and sisters. So we're not supposed to follow an Edomite custom to burn our bodies, brothers and sisters. You can't even put a brother in the ground. And I tell people, listen, God forbid, you know, that time come for me, but... Dig a plot of land and put me in the ground. I don't care about anything else. Put me in the ground. Because that's the custom of my forefathers. And it's a shame that they've set up a system where you can't even afford to do that, brothers and sisters. This sister had an issue of blood, a perpetual cycle, for a decade and spent her entire living upon physicians, brothers and sisters. So we're showing you. If Satan cast out Satan, his kingdom fall down. So, of course, he wouldn't look to heal you. Of course, these doctors in the healthcare system would not look to cure you, brothers and sisters. They would not. Why? Because it's not economically sound. This is business. This is business, brothers and sisters. You must understand business. Let's go to Job 13 and 4, brother. Followers, brothers and sisters, we're going into the Old Testament. Job 13 and 4. Job 13, verse 4. But ye are forgers of lies. They're what? But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are, ye are all physicians of no value. It says ye are forgers of lies. <laughs> so our healthcare system has a fundamental flaw. The more money is made, longer the longer you're sick rather than what? <laughs> when you're healed. 
So listen, this is what I'll tell you, sir. If my family member die, you don't get paid. You get paid for life. <laughs> the more money is made when somebody is sick rather than healthy. So through this information, the hope of making any more money off of someone's vulnerability would be expunged. Why? Because you get paid based on my family member living. <laughs> Read it again, brother. Verse 4. Be your forgers of lies. Forgers of lies. Why? Because they'll make up a disease. They'll make up something and then give you a prescription for it. <laughs> this is what they do. They'll make up something, brothers and sisters. They'll forge a lie. They'll claim, listen, there's a measles outbreak out there, you know. There's a measles outbreak, so we need everybody to shoot yourself up with this cow pus. They'll make up lies, brothers and sisters. Read it again. Verse 4. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Ye are what? Ye are all physicians of no value. Physicians of no value. Why, brothers and sisters? Because the doctor will never tell you the point of entry. What they do is diagnose the symptoms. See, and that's the problem. If we see sickness only from a natural standpoint, we will often miss the root cause of the problem, brothers and sisters. So, sir, yes, or, or ma'am, I respect your degree, but I'm not going to deal with you minimizing the power of the Most High. Because that's what they do. Try to, you know, try to tell you where there's certain things that are, you know, not curable. They're forges of lies, brothers and sisters. They'll make up statistics saying that vaccines work. This is what they do. <laughs> this is what they do, brothers and sisters. Look at the long laundry list of what? Of side effects on a medication. So, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm having a weak stomach. And I'm going to take a medication that's going to bring on dizziness, uh, shaking leg syndrome, <laughs> all this other stuff. I want you to actually, every time a commercial come on, right, I guarantee, I, I can likely guarantee that each commercial break, there will be a pharmaceutical commercial. And then listen to the laundry list, the plethora of different side effects, brothers and sisters. That's worse than what you actually took the medication for. And this is only... Legal in America, all throughout Europe and other countries, you cannot deal with direct to consumer pharmaceuticals. You cannot do that. They're looking to destroy us, brothers and sisters. They will make up fake statistics, brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, to prove that, I want you to go to your Google or whatever search engine you use and look up the top countries. For SIDS, brothers and sisters, sudden infant death, and see what countries those are. <laughs> it's all the European countries, and America's right at the top. America have the most sudden infant deaths throughout the world. It's all the European countries. Why? Because the Romans are over the European countries. They got higher numbers than the Hispanic countries, than over there in Africa. Go look it up, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you something valuable here. All the European countries are at the top of the list with the most sudden infant death, babies that die at birth in every other country. That's by a person of color. And when I say a person of color, that could be Arabs, that can be Hispanics, that can be black people. They're all European countries and America is at the top because this is how they make their money, brothers and sisters. This is how they make their money. 
Read that one more time and we're going to move on, brother. Verse 4. But ye are forgers of lies. Ye are all physicians of no value. Now, why is it saying physicians of no value? Because the doctor never tell you the entry point of the sickness. They just diagnose what? The symptoms. They just diagnose the symptoms. They'll ask you, they'll call a brother in or a sister in and say, well, tell me what you're feeling. And then you'll tell them and they'll go into a computer and they'll type in what your symptoms are. And that computer will give them what? It'll give them a list of medications for you to go on. (laughs) This is what happens. You tell them what your symptoms are, they'll type it in and then come back with a, a prescription for you. Let's go to Luke 13 and 11, brother, because we're talking about the origin of sickness, which the doctor never gives you. The doctor never gives you this. We're going to Luke. We're going to read chapter 13, and we're going to read, uh, start at verse 11, brother Joshua. Luke 13, verse 11. And, behold. Brothers and sisters, analyze this closely, because we need to show you the point of entry. And, behold. There was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Read that again. There was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. The spirit of infirmity 18 years, brothers and sisters. Spirit of infirmity. That means if you can identify it as a spirit, you know there's a spiritual cure. See, the Bible identifies sickness with spiritual attack. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. And behold... There was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity for eight, infirmity eighteen years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Christ saw her, he called her to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. Thou art what? Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Why? Because Satan uses sickness to disable you so that you're bound, brothers and sisters. Unable to experience freedom and joy, brothers and sisters. Because guess what? If you're sick, that's the only thing on your mind. You could have $10 million. If you don't feel good and you're sick, that $10 million (laughs) doesn't matter. See? So Satan is very cunning and crafty. He looks to bind you in spiritual chains with a sickness That's a spiritual sickness. We're going to read that from the top, brother. Verse 11, please. Verse 11. And, behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Christ saw her, he called her to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Thou art loosed. And he laid his hands on her, And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because because that Christ had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought work. In them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. So you had Pharisees, brothers and sisters, you had the rulers of the synagogue looking to excoriate Christ because he healed his sister on a Sabbath day. When it already told you, (laughs) it already told you the sister had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. 18 years. And should, should Christ not heal her because it's the Sabbath? 
most of the healings were done on the Sabbath, brothers and sisters. Which goes to show you how a brother can be, or a sister can be, over-righteous. <laughs> we call them super brews. They're, they're super brews. They look at everything that everybody else is doing and say, well, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Listen, brother, I'm doing right, okay? It's okay to do right. Or it's okay to do good on the Sabbath day. Christ will show you that. Read verse 15. Verse 15. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite. Thou what? Thou hypocrite. Do, do none of... Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox for his ass from the stall and lead him away to water? So don't you feed your your ox and your ass on the Sabbath day? Because why? The ox and ass worked for you. That's how you did your work. That's how you made money. That's how you tilled the land. Read. Verse 16. And not, not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. Read that again. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound... Who what? Who Satan hath bound... Who what? Who Satan hath bound... Satan will look to bind you by afflicting the body, brothers and sisters. And this was a daughter of Abraham. So don't think that Israelites can't be bound by Satan. Read 16 again, brother. Verse 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan hath bound, lo... These eighteen years, being loose from this, from this bond on the Sabbath day, being loose from this bond. So examine this, brothers and sisters. The agent the devil used was a spirit of infirmity, a literal demonic spirit sent to afflict this woman's body. And how does he do that, brothers and sisters? How does he do that? He uses the chains of sin to keep you in bondage. That's why I said, "Whom Satan hath bound." Lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond. See? Satan uses sickness to bound you up, brothers and sisters, to restrict you, to restrain you from experiencing the true joy that come through Christ, that come through the Messiah. Because why, brothers and sisters? If anybody who's ever been sick understand how you don't want to do nothing, you just want to lay around. You can't eat anything. You don't feel good. You don't want to share the gospel. You don't want to do anything. Satan understand this, brothers and sisters. See? So now we have to show you. It's a spiritual sickness. The spirit of infirmity. You must know that first. Sickness is a spiritual battle, brothers and sisters. See, the doctor never come in and say, well, yeah, this is spiritual going on here. Because why? If it's spiritual, you can't give me a pill to fight a demon. That's why it said physicians of no value. That's why. Because they never tell you it's a spirit that you're fighting, brothers and sisters. And now we have to show you that he uses the chains of sin to keep us in bondage, brothers and, sickness, uh, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 5 and 22. Let's go back. Brothers and sisters, to the Old Testament. We're going to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 22. Proverbs 5, verse 22. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. And what? And he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. See, he shall be holden. He shall be bound. 
with the cords of his sins. So Satan takes steps to put us in bondage by what? By the presentation of sin. So what happens? He has to wait for us to relegate our power to him through sin, brothers and sisters. So what did he do? He set up a system that sensationalizes sin, brothers and sisters. Knowing that it leads to sickness. See? Knowing that the sin leads to sickness. Now, why would he do that? He would do that in order to keep us from fulfilling our spiritual, our full spiritual potential. A sister whom Satan have bound with the spirit of infirmity. Do they ever tell you that sins bring on sickness? Did the doctor ever tell you that? Physicians of no value, brothers and sisters. Physicians of no value. So the first thing you have to do is identify what it is you're fighting. Let's go to Mark, brother. We're going back to the gospel, brothers and sisters. We're going to Mark. We're going to start at chapter 1 in verse... Let's go to 32. Mark 1, verse 32. And at even... When the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. Read that again, brother. Verse 32. And at evening, at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. Those that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. So notice that Christ accomplished two things here, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 33. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases. And cast out many devils. Look at that. It says, healed many that were sick with diverse diseases. And cast out many devils. And suffered not the devils to speak. Because they knew him. Right. So he healed many who had various diseases. And he also drove out many demons. To show you there's a correlation between demons and sickness. Brothers and sisters. And what? Many are never healed. Because they have not received deliverance from the spirit. That's tormenting them. Brothers and sisters. The one that's actually making them sick. They believe this is something just physical. And you have to realize the battle that we're fighting is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. Read 32 through 34 again, brother, please. Mark 1, verse 32. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils. See, it's a demonic spirit that causes disease. And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases. And cast out many devils. Cast out many devils. And suffer not the devils to speak. Because they knew him. See? So the demons recognize Christ. They know the power that's in Christ. They know the power in the name of the Most High. Ahiah. And his son Yeshia. Which means Savior in the Hebrew. It's also Ishi. When the Most High says, Thou shalt call me Ishi. Ishi is Yeshia. Which is Christ's name. Savior. Brothers and sisters. These are the names you need to fight spiritually on a spiritual level, brothers and sisters. We went here to show you what? The sickness is a demon. They're devils. It's a demonic attack that brings on sickness, brothers and sisters. This is the art of healing, brothers and sisters. 
It's critical that our people understand this because Satan puts sickness on us to bind us, brothers and sisters, to restrict you, to take your joy from you. So we have to teach the art of healing. Let's go to Luke, brother. I'm going to go to Luke. Let's go to the gospel. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 4. And let's read verse 33 through 37, brothers and sisters. Luke 4, verse 33. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of, a, of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee? Thou Christ of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who, who thou art. The Holy One of God. So look at this. Analyze this, brothers and sisters. Analyze this. Even the demonic spirits recognize Christ and His power as the Messiah, as the Deliverer. Verse 35. And Christ rebuked him. And what? And Christ rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him, and heard him not. And they were all amazed. Why? And and spake among themselves, saying, What a word this is this. Read that part again, 36. Verse 36. And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this. For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they came out. For what? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they came out. For with authority and power. Brothers and sisters, you can't have authority and power if you don't know what you're fighting. <laughs> See, Christ knew what he was fighting. He's fighting a demonic attack. We think we're just fighting a, you know, a, a sickness to the body. No. You must identify this as a spirit, brothers and sisters. Come to claim you. Come to put you in bondage according to sin, brothers and sisters. This is critical. We need our brothers and sisters to understand why. Because in the last days, the Bible tell you that they would look to make us sick, brothers and sisters. They would look to make us sick because why? You can't share no gospel if you're sick, right? You don't want to share no gospel. You don't want to go out and spread good news. You don't want to go pass out food to the homeless. You don't want to do none of that. You're sick. It says, for with authority and power, brothers and sisters. You can only have authority if you know you're fighting something spiritual, brothers and sisters. See? This is why we're bringing this out. To give you the authority and power when you're called into the room with somebody under a demonic attack. Whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, grandmama, granddaddy, wife, husband. When you go in to pray and anoint, you must know you're fighting a demon, brothers and sisters. That's how you get the authority. It's our responsibility to make sure you have the, uh, the information to fight these unclean spirits, brothers and sisters. You're going to need this. You're going to need this, brothers and sisters. When you walk into that hospital room and somebody call you in to pray, you go in with authority and power. You don't go in sad. You go in with, strap up your boots. It's ready to cast out some demons. That's how you walk in there. With all authority and power. Why? Because you understand you're fighting a demon. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 36. 
And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they came out. Right, so we just wanted to show you that Christ had the power and the authority and the vigor within his voice because he understood what it was he was fighting, brothers and sisters. He understood this. And this lesson is to help our brothers and sisters understand the art of healing, the art of laying on of hands, and how to fight a spiritual attack. Further proof. Let's go to Matthew chapter 17. Follow us to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Matthew chapter 17, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 14 through 21. Matthew 17, verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic, and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire. So, brothers and sisters, he had the spirit of, it says a lunatic, he had epileptic seizures, bipolar, what they call bipolar, brothers and sisters. Read. And oft into the water, and I brought him to the disciples. And they could not cure him. Read that again, brother. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Christ answered and said, O faithless and preserved generation. Read that again, brother. And Christ answered and said, O faithless and per perverse generation, how long shall I, I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. So, brothers and sisters, if you analyze this, the disciples could not cure this young boy. So, look at this here. Read, brother. Verse 18. And Christ rebuked the devil. He did what? And Christ rebuked the devil. See, the source of the boy's sickness was an evil spirit that needed to be cast out in order for him to be healed, brothers and sisters. See? So, you need to look at this. You need to really analyze this, brothers and sisters. If you would have walked up to Christ and you had some type of ailment, he's not going to ask you, well, what type of side effects are you dealing with? How long have you been feeling like this? First thing he's going to do is rebuke the demon that's in you, brothers and sisters. And I know, maybe, you know, people don't want to believe that this is, you know, what's going on here. Nobody, I don't know any person to tell you that to tell you they have a demon that's fighting them. I don't know any person that would do that. But it's not about being right. It's about being effective. Christ didn't ask him what his symptoms was. The first thing he did was rebuke the demon. Read 17 and 18 again, brother. Matthew 17, verse 17. Then Christ answered and said, O faithless and preserved generation, perverse, perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Christ rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. See, so brothers and sisters, though it may seem primitive to our modern minds, the Bible is perfectly clear that demons can cause sickness, brothers and sisters. Read. Verse 19. Then came the disciples to Christ apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? So the disciples said, Why couldn't we cast this, this demon out? And Christ said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, 
ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. This next scripture is one of the most important scriptures contained in biblical text. Verse 21, Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, of, out, but by prayer and fasting. Read that again, brother. Howbeit, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Brothers and sisters, there's certain diseases, there's certain spiritual attacks that only come out through fasting and prayer. This scripture is not even in the King James Version Bible, brothers and sisters. I mean, the uh, New International Version, the NIV. If you actually have a physical NIV in your hand, I want you to go to Matthew 17 and 21. I'm not talking about the app. If you actually have one laying around in your house, go to Matthew 17 and 21. And I promise you that scripture is not there. It skips from 20 to 22. Why? Because it's telling you that all sicknesses can be cured through fasting and prayer. So having this understanding will help shape the way that you pray for the sick, brothers and sisters. This is the core principle for spiritual battle. It's fasting. If you're going in to deal with the healing, as we go to, you know, we, we go to people's houses and pray over them. We go to the, the um, hospitals and certain things. You know, you can fast for a few days before you go in to pray, brothers and sisters. You can do that. Or the person can fast and you can fast. Y'all go on a fast for 48 hours and then pray together. Continual prayer. There's no cure that cannot be diseased. I mean, there's no disease that cannot be cured by fasting and prayer. Why? Because now that you know that it's a demon, it's a spirit, what happens when you starve a spirit? <laughs> when you starve a spirit, it goes elsewhere. So you withstand, you restrict yourself from partaking in any food, even water sometimes. Starve that spirit out and it will flee. This right here is critical, brothers and sisters. There's certain diseases that can only be cured by prayer and fasting. You have to starve that spirit out. Do not eat, brothers and sisters. This is what you this is your trump card. This is your draw for card right here, brothers and sisters. No matter what is what sickness, no matter what disease it is, you know it can be healed by fasting and prayer. You go on a fast. Listen, I'm going to go on a fast for seven days. Or I'm going to go on a fast for four days. I'm going to eat for one day. I'm going to go on another fast for another four days. I'm going to eat one day. I'm going to go on another fast for four days until that spirit is gone. They don't teach us this in the Christian church, brothers and sisters. Matter of fact, most Israelites don't even teach this. This is critical information. This is worth more than gold. You can be healed if you pray in conjunction with fasting. Don't put any food into your body. Why? Because that's showing you're able to discipline yourself. And if you've never done a fast, you don't understand how your life revolves around eating until you go without eating for 24 hours, 48 hours. Christ did it. Remember, he was in the wilderness fasting for weeks. How be it this kind goeth not out, but by fasting and prayer. You must understand this spiritual principle when you're trying to battle sickness, brothers and sisters. You must understand this. There is no such thing as an uncurable disease, and that gives you the authority.
Because you know, no matter what's going on, no matter what room you walk into, there's a way to be healed. There's a way for me to be healed or my son to be healed or my uncle, my aunt, my grandmother to be healed. That must be the first thought in your mind is you're coming out of this. There's no such thing as an uncurable disease. See, and, and a doctor, if you say this to a doctor, they'll look at you like you're crazy. Fasting and prayer? Nah. You need to have this medicine and have that and have this and have that. When it's the medicine actually actually making you more sick, brothers and sisters. People dealing with cancer and HIV and different stuff like that. What happens? They give you the medication. You continue to, to digress or to progress in sickness. And what happens? You go back and say, this medicine ain't strong enough. Give me more. So now you're popping more of the <laughs> what's making you sick. They found a way scientifically, molecularly, to input a demon into these pills, brothers and sisters. Anytime a pill say it may give you suicidal thoughts, what is that? So hold on, I'm just trying to stop smoking cigarettes and now I'm having suicidal thoughts? <laughs> See? You, you have to know what you're fighting, brothers and sisters. You must know what you're fighting. That's why we. That's why the Most High led us to put together this this um, this lesson on the art of healing, because it's part of Christ's doctrine, and our people need to know. They need to know that they know that they know they have the ability to beat any sickness. So it's critical, brothers and sisters. Matthew seventeen and twenty one is key that all followers and believers of Christ, especially in the end days. Have the spiritual knowledge that prayer and fasting, fasting, brothers and sisters, can heal any disease. Any disease. That's how you get the most high's attention is through fasting and starving out that demonic spirit that's there, brothers and sisters. And some of these spirits come through uh, vaccines. Some of these spirits come through pills. Why? Because in some of these vaccines, they actually got cow pus. They got uh, pig, you know, pig uh, excrement and pig, you know, ground up pig. And listen, how are you going to shoot something that's unclean into your bloodstream, brothers and sisters? So this is critical. Certain things can only be healed through fasting and prayer, brothers and sisters. This is this is key knowledge, brothers and sisters. This is like a brick of gold here. This is gold. This is rubies. This is treasure. That the Most High loved us so much that he gave us an insight, insight onto how to heal any disease. Any. Read 21 one more time. Matthew 17, verse 21. Albeit this kind goes not out by but, but by prayer and fasting. Right. To magnify that point, we're going to go to Isaiah, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. To the book of Isaiah in the Tanakh. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to start at verse 5, Brother Joshua. Isaiah 58 verse 5. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? Read that again. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush? And to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Would thou call this a, fa a fast. 
and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is it such a fast I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Fasting is afflicting the soul, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you're going without what you need, what you do every day. It gives you a inner strength. It weakens the body, brothers and sisters. But you become stronger inside. It's, it's a spiritual here. Read 6, brother. Verse 6. Is it not this the fast that I have chosen? Read that again. Is it not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. To do what? To loose the bands of wickedness. To do what? To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. And to let the oppressed go free. And that ye break every yoke. That ye break every yoke. Why? Because Satan will use sickness to put you in a spiritual bondage to take away your joy and peace, brothers and sisters. See? To loose the bands of wickedness. One of the crucial keys in the formula for being relieved of what strangles us and absolutely guaranteed liberty is what? Fasting. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. Is it not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? See? Sickness, ailments, disease puts a heavy burden on you. It's an oppression. It's a yoke of iron around your neck. Is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? Brothers and sisters, this is critical. Because why? It's showing you that fasting looses the bands of wickedness. It undoes that heavy burden. Brothers and sisters. This is showing us fasting from the world makes it possible to break the bonds that strangle us and absolutely guarantee liberty. Absolutely. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seeketh the naked, that thou cover him? And that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. So what is this showing you? This is showing you fasting in conjunction with alms, which is charity. is powerful, brothers and sisters. When you're dealing with the fast and you're also giving alms, you're also dealing with charity at the same time. So not only are you doing what? You're, you're afflicting your flesh, but you're helping out someone else at the same time. We're showing you spiritual Battle, spiritual warfare, brothers and sisters. Why? Because we cannot take a spiritual attack passively. We must demand our release. And how do you do that? Fasting and prayer in conjunction with almsgiving, brothers and sisters. See? I need you to really analyze this particular passage, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture. Verse 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Read that again. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. Read that again. And thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall thy shall be thy reward. Ooh, look at that. And thine health shall spring forth speedily. <laughs> Why are they not teaching this in the Christian church? Why are, they, why are the doctors not teaching this? 
Because we've already read they make much money. The sister who did what? Spent her living from being sick. Fasting in prayer, brothers and sisters. And I really need Israelites to examine this. Why? Because this is an Israelite book. And God loves you so much that he's giving you insight onto how to fight a demonic attack. When it comes to spiritual sickness, other nations don't have this. You can't open up the Gita, the Egyptian book of the dead, the Quran. This information is not in any of those books. He loved Israel so much that he said, I'm going to give you insight into what you're fighting, how to heal yourself. Is this not the fast to loose the bands of wickedness? So you're fasting, you're praying, you're dealing with almsgiving. Read verse 7 and 8 again, brother, to show you the almsgiving. Verse 7. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seeketh seeth the naked, that thou covered him, and that, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Read. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. See, brothers and sisters, your health shall spring forth speedily. So you can't tell me that fasting and prayer don't heal. See, fasting and prayer heal, brothers and sisters. With the herbs. And homeo, I, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, to start dealing with homeopathic doctors. One of the doctors I use is Dr. Glitton. Look him up, brothers and sisters. He was a homeopathic doctor who deal with herbs and understand, you know, um, that these medications are actually against us, brothers and sisters. You need to have the understanding of the herbs, and we're going to prove that. Right now, we're showing you that what? Sickness and disease can be fought. You can engage sickness and disease through fasting and prayer in conjunction with almsgiving. Let's go to John 8 and 32, Brother Joshua. The art of healing, brothers and sisters. The art of healing. John 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth always precedes freedom, brothers and sisters. Read that again. Verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See? So biblical truth offers a spiritual freedom from the bondage of Satan. That's what we're going into today, brothers and sisters. This is what we're going into. Showing you that sickness is a spirit from the evil one. And you can fight those spirits. First you have to identify it as a spirit. And then you can fight that spirit through what? Fasting and prayer. So now you're, you have power. This is why Christ had authority. Because he understood what he was fighting. And he knew in his mind, according to scripture, there's a way that I can beat any battle, any attack. And that give you power. That give you strength. Knowing that the information you have cannot be gainsaid. Cannot. This is key. Now, let's show you some more of that truth. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 32. And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. 
Right. Now, let's show you some of that truth, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you the origin of most sicknesses. Where does it come from? Let's go to John. Let's stick in John, brethren. We're going to John 5 and 5. Because the truth shall make you free. So we're going to show you the truth according to biblical text. John 5 verse 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. There's a brother who was sick 38 years. When Christ saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him. So what is this showing? Number one, it's showing you that you need faith that this works. If you don't believe that the healing works and comes through what we're reading here, then you will not be healed. Read that one more time. Verse 7. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Read. Christ said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And what? And on the same day was the Sabbath. A couple things we need you to analyze. A lot of the healings were done on the Sabbath. Why? Because it's the holy day of the Most High God. Right? And you have direct connection with the Father on that day. That's why it's imperative to not be running around in the world doing what you want to do on the Sabbath. That's the Most High's day. If this brother had not been where he was, near Christ on the Sabbath day, he would have not been healed, brothers and sisters. This brother was was afflicted for 38 years. The key part, though, we're going to read 8 and 9, and then we'll jump to 14, because there's something I need you to analyze here. John 5, verse 8. Christ said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now we need to show you the origin, brothers and sisters. Read verse 14, brother. Verse 14. Afterward Christ findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, What did he say? Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. Do what? Sin no more. Do what? Sin no more. Least the worst thing come on thee. To show you that iniquity can be the source of physical infirmities, brothers and sisters. Sin no more. Least a worse thing come unto you. To show you that sickness come from sin, brothers and sisters. See? There's no way to fight that. Most sickness originates with an initial sin that acted as an entry point. Why are the doctors not teaching you this? Sin no more, lest a worse thing happen unto thee, brothers and sisters. Sin brings the sickness. You continue to fornicate and deal with that, you're going to catch a sexually transmitted disease. You eat unclean foods, pork and crab, shrimp, lobster, all foods that eat dead carcasses, you're going to have cancer. You're going to have high blood pressure. These are sins. And... Dealing with our people, one of the main sins that we fall to every single day is what? The dietary law. And we fall to that three times a day. Eating some bacon in the morning, eating some ham for lunch, <laughs> right? Having some more ham or, or, or bacon or, or shrimp and crab and lobster for dinner. That's a sin. 
sin no more, lest something worse happen unto thee. Why are the Christians not teaching you this? You know why? Because they told you the law is done away with. <laughs> so that's why this, this you know, sickness running all through our, our communities and through the church. Nobody's being healed at the church. Why? Because they're telling you you don't have to follow the law. And not following the law leads to the sickness, brothers and sisters. Read 14 one more time, brother, please. Verse 14. Afterward, Christ findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Do what? Sin no more. At least the worst thing come unto thee. See, so we just needed to prove, brothers and sisters, the origin. Now you're learning what you're fighting against. You're learning how to fight it. And you're finding the source of its entry. All of that through the Bible. Don't tell me this book is not, you know, don't tell me this book is not important. Where else could you get such a wealth of knowledge, brothers and sisters, to be able to benefit you? It doesn't benefit the most high. He loved us so much that he would give us insight to be able to live a long, healthy, you know, a long, healthy life without medication. We really need you to analyze this, brothers and sisters. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now, I know most people may, a lot of people may become offended based on who they are. If they're not dealing in the spirit of humility and they still haven't submitted to the Most High God, they'll say, so what you saying? You saying that I'm sick because of something I did? Uh, more than likely, yes. More than likely, yes. You don't just get sick because the air. The Bible is telling you, and listen, I'm not saying that. The Bible is saying that. And that's key. You need to not be a victim. You, If you're a victim, that means there's no way you can get out of your circumstance. Because you're a victim. Some, somebody else did something to you. And that's why. See, you have to take your power back and say, if, if something I did led to this, then let me change something. So I can pull myself out of this ditch. So we understand some people may be offended by this. The Bible tell you what? A person who have no root in themselves is easily offended. See? So people who get offended by the slightest thing is showing you they have no foundation in Christ. None. Further proof to magnify that sin lead to sickness. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus, brother. We're going to the Apographa, brothers and sisters. Please follow us here. The Art of Healing. Ecclesiasticus chapter 38, verse 15, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 38 and 15. He that sinneth before his maker. Read that again. He that sinneth before his maker, let him fall into the hand of, a, of the physician. Let him what? Let him fall into the hand of the physician. He that sinneth before his maker, let him fall into the hand of a physician. <laughs> You only go to a physician when you're sick, brothers and sisters, to show you what? Disease is the direct derivative of sin. Whether you agree with that or not, doesn't matter. Paul said, for what if they do not believe? He said, make every man a liar and God the truth. So whether you agree with this or not, doesn't really matter. The fact is, you need to understand this in order to be healed, brothers and sisters. Why? Because by not addressing the spiritual cause of many illness, they go untreated. They go untreated.
Read Ecclesiasticus 38 and 15 one more time, Joshua. Ecclesiasticus 38, verse 15. He that sinneth before his maker, let him fall into the hands of the physician. See, brothers and sisters? So we need our brothers and sisters to acknowledge this. <coughs> Excuse me. And to deal with spiritual application. Sin is going to lead you to the doctor's office. You don't just get sick for no reason, brothers and sisters. Remember, there's... Your, your body is the temple of the Most High God. So depending on what type of things you put into your vessel and do with your vessel can lead you into the hands of a physician. Vaccines is a sin, brothers and sisters. Flat out. Why? Because you're introducing unclean things into your vessel. Mercury should not go into your bloodstream. Pork and pig, cow pus should not go. They got, they got pig's blood in some of these vaccines, brothers and sisters. I need you to really look at the definite, I mean, the uh, ingredients and find out. Now, of course, they give them these, these, um, these experimental names or scientific names so you don't know what it is, but do the research. Because that stuff is a sin and it leads to what? Autism. It leads to all types of sicknesses. Even uh, back in the day, probably showing my age, but they had this sickness that was um, <clears throat> the chicken pox. They had the chicken pox, which, which is no longer even around, brothers and sisters. But that type of stuff come from vaccines, asthma, vaccines, brothers and sisters. So that's a, that's a sin right away. Eating unclean foods is a sin right away. Breaking any of God's laws is a sin, but we're just showing you these type of things bring on physical ailments. Further proof, we're going to go into the book of Jubilee, brothers and sisters. We're going to the book of Jubilee. Give us one second here. Let's go to the book of Jubilees, brothers and sisters. We're going to Jubilees, chapter 10, verse 10. Jubilees 10, verse 10. And one of us, he commanded that we should teach Noah all their medicines. So look, he, the Most High commanded the angels to teach Noah the medicines. Read that again. Verse 10. And one of us he commanded that we should teach Noah all their medicines. For he knew that they would not walk in, up, in uprightness. For what? For he knew that they would not walk in uprightness, nor strive in righteousness. So he's, if you analyze this, the angels were to teach Noah the medicines of the earth. For he knew they would not walk in righteousness, brothers and sisters. Showing you what? If you don't walk in righteousness, you're going to have need for medicines. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. And one of us he commanded that we should teach Noah all their medicines. For he knew that they would not walk in uprightness, nor strive in righteousness. And we did according to his words. All the malignant evil ones we bound in the place of condemn condemnation. And a tenth part of them. We left that they might be subject before Satan on so, the earth. So it's showing you that the evil spirits of the fallen angels, brothers and sisters, some of them were, were bound. Some of them were bound. A tenth part of them were left so Satan could do his bid on the earth, brothers and sisters. Read. Verse 12. And we explained to Noah all the medicines of their diseases. Do Read that again. And we explained to Noah all the medicines of their diseases together with their sub seductions 
how he might heal them with herbs of the earth. How what? How he might heal them with herbs of the earth. What is this showing you? This is showing you that the herbs from the earth heal disease, brothers and sisters. Why? Because no one knew that his children were going to go off, therefore going to be attacked by demons. Because why? That's what sin brings. So the Most High had an angel give Noah the... <clears throat> Excuse me. He he had an angel give Noah the list of medications and how to utilize them, brothers and sisters. Read twelve one more time. Verse twelve, and we explain to Noah all the medicines of their diseases, together with their seductions, how he might heal them with herbs of the earth. And Noah wrote down all things in a book, as we instructed him concerning every kind of medicine. Thus, evil spirits were. Precluded from hurt from hurting the sons of Noah. To show you, brothers and sisters, the evil spirits through sickness were hurting the sons of Noah, brothers and sisters. So now we're showing you that homeopathic doctors had that knowledge of herbs. And see, when you're talking to somebody with no faith, you're talking to you know a lot of these doctors. They'll say, "Well, nah, that doesn't really work." How does that not really work when most of these medications? They're getting, you know, they're, they're getting it from some type of herb, brothers and sisters. They're isolating it and extracting it and making it stronger, which you're not supposed to do. But the herbs in this natural form, a lot of times through teas and different stuff like that, not to smoke. Because I know some people look right here and say, yeah, we can be healed by smoking marijuana. It's like, no, brother, no. That's not what this is talking about. A lot of times you eat it as a food, like... Or you have it with a tea. You run some hot water on it and then you drink it, brothers and sisters. It's showing you what? The herbs heal sickness, brothers and sisters. These are the things we're giving you the knowledge of how to fight demonic possession. How to fight disease and sickness, brothers and sisters. It says, and Noah wrote down all these in a book. There's a book out there, I believe it's called, if I'm not mistaken, the Goetia, brothers and sisters, which... There's a book with all these different um, <clears throat> herbs in it and how to use it. And I think the elites are using this, brothers and sisters, uh, because it also, I believe, tell you about what, what herbs they could use against us. Like how to use heroin and these different things, the poppy seed and all this stuff against society. There is a record out there, brothers and sisters, that I'm sure the elite are keeping covered. Under wraps, probably in a vault somewhere, of how to heal every sickness. So we're showing you, brothers and sisters. The key part why we went here is because of verse 10 said that they needed medicine because his sons would not walk in uprightness. We're showing you, if you don't sin, that's a way to stay healed naturally. To prove that, let's go to Ecclesiasticus. Let's go back to the uh, Apographer. Ecclesiasticus 38, we're going to read verse 4. Ecclesiasticus 38, verse 4. <clears throat> the Lord hath created medicines out of the earth. Read that again. The Lord hath created medicines out of the earth, and he, and he that is wise will not adore them. Abhor them. So if you wise, you won't ignore or hate the medicines of the earth. So when somebody tell you, well, that don't work. You need to have this medication. Listen, you're not wise. <laughs> you're not wise. Because the Bible is telling you the healing power of nature. 
brothers and sisters, the herbs from the ground have medicinal properties. The Lord have created the medicines out of the earth. And if you hate them, you're not wise, according to the Bible. Further proof. Read verse 9, brother. Verse 9. My son, in thy sickness be not negligent, but pray unto the Lord, and he will make thee whole. So, also, it says be not negligent. You can use the herbs. You can use fasting in prayer. So that's the key. Pray unto the Most High. A lot of us don't even pray when it comes to a sickness. We'll go straight to the doctor. Anytime something is wrong, we go straight to a doctor as if they're God. Where's the Most High's wisdom at? Read that again, brother. Verse 9. My son, in thy sickness be not negligent, but pray unto the Lord, and he will make thee whole. Leave off from sin. Do what? Leave off from sin. Do what? Leave off from sin. And order thine hands aright, and cleanse thy heart from all wickedness. <laughs> Look at that. So the first thing you need to do is what? <laughs> first thing you need to do is get acquainted with the herbs. And pray to the Most High. And guess what? Leave off from sin. <laughs> See, that's what I tell brothers. You must leave off from the sin, brother, in order to be healed. You're dealing with cancer and different stuff. And then you're going to eat shrimp and crab and lobster. No. You must leave off from the sin in order to be healed. You can't continue to, to watch pornography. You can't continue to get drunk and high if you're trying to be healed. Leave off from the sin. That's why it says what? In thy sickness, be not negligent. Leave off from sin. Why? Because sin is a direct, or sickness is a direct derivative from sin. We're going to read 9 and 10 again, brother. Ecclesiasticus 38, verse 9. <clears throat> My son, in thy sickness be not negligent, but pray unto the Lord, and he will make thee whole. Leave off from sin, and nor thine hands aright, and cleanse thy, thy heart from all wickedness. Read verse 12, brother. Verse 12. Then give place to the physician. Do what? Then give place to the physician. See, so what is this showing you? It said, pray to the Most High, leave off from sin, then give place to the physician. See, you pray to the Most High, then you consult with the physician, brothers and sisters. We're doing it backwards here. We don't consult with the Most High. We continue to sin and then go to a physician. Don't work like that. You pray to the Most High God, you leave off from sin, get acquainted with the herbs, and then give place to the physician in that order. Read verse 12 again, brother. Verse 12, then give place to the physician, for the Lord hath created him. Let him not go from thee, for thou hast need of him. Which one? It says, give place to the physician. Now, a wise physician understands the herbs, brothers and sisters. So we're not saying all doctors are bad. We're not saying that. A lot of the doctors are just doing what they were taught, brothers and sisters. But you must understand. I'm not going to respect what the doctors say over what my God says. Unless the doctor is going to come in here and tell me, listen, what you're fighting with is a demon that came from sin. Unless that's going to happen. And it's not likely that, I th that it is going to happen, brothers and sisters. So we're showing you. The Bible tells you, nurture yourself with the herbs of the earth, brothers and sisters. That's critical. Leave off from sin. 
praying to the Most High, and then consult with a physician. Now, we needed to show most sicknesses. When we say most, we'll show you why we're saying that. Most sicknesses are coming from a sickness, I mean, from a sin, from a transgression of the law. But certain people are born with certain ailments, brothers and sisters. And does that come from a sin? Let's see. Let's go to John 9 and 2, because I know that's a lot of questions, brothers and sisters. Well, I was born with this, you know, what is this? How did this come about? John 9, verse 2. Let's actually start at 1, brother. John 9 and 1. And as Christ passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Read that again. And as Christ passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying... Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So now the disciples are showing the knowledge that most sicknesses come from sin. They said, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? What did Christ say? Christ answered, neither had this man sin nor his parents. Read that again. Christ answered, neither had this man sin nor his parents. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. See, so when somebody's born with a sickness, most times that's the most high showing you that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Yes, I want to show my power for testimony to those who see. See, when somebody's born with a sickness, most times that's the most high getting ready to use that opportunity to show his power, brothers and sisters. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. The same way he hardened Pharaoh's heart in order to destroy him. He hardened his heart purposely so he could show his power, brothers and sisters. Read 1 through 3 again, brother. John, verse 9. John, chapter 9, verse 1. And as Christ passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Christ answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Right. So we wanted to show, brothers and sisters, what? We wanted to show that even the disciples had knowledge that most sicknesses and ailments came from sin. But this particular one, a man born with this ailment, it wasn't his parents nor him that sinned. It was the Most High looking to show his power. Now, we're going to go to Isaiah 33, verse 6, brothers and sisters. We're going to the Old Testament. Isaiah 33, verse 6. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy time. Read that again. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. Brothers and sisters, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of our times. So what stabilizes us? What will preserve us? Wisdom and knowledge that's contained in this book. And that begins with the fear of the Lord, which is obedience. You need to know this. As we continue to progress and the earth gets worse and worse, in these last days, it's the wisdom and knowledge contained in biblical texts that's going to preserve you. That's going to stabilize you. 
brothers and sisters. See? This is according to the Bible. Wisdom and knowledge shall stabilize you, shall preserve you. And that knowledge and wisdom begins with the fear of the Most High God. Which is what? Is surrendering and submission to his ordinances, to his commands, brothers and sisters. We're showing you. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus, brother. 30 and 14. We're going back to the Apographer, brothers and sisters. We're dealing with the art of healing. Ecclesiasticus 30, 14 through 17. Ecclesiasticus 30, verse 14. Better is the poor, being sound and strong of constitution, than a rich man that is aff afflicted in his body. This is showing us what, brothers and sisters? This is showing us your health is more valuable than anything you can buy. It's better to be poor and healthy than a rich man that's sick. Read that one more time. Verse 14. Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. Health and good estate of body are above all gold and a strong body above infinite wealth. There is no riches above a sound body and no joy above the joy of the heart. Death is better than a bitter life or continual sickness. Brothers and sisters, this is showing you the power of oppression that sickness can have over you. It says death is better to die than to have a continual sickness, brothers and sisters. See? So I always tell brothers, listen, you may not have, you know, millions and billions of dollars, but if you're healthy, that's your wealth, number one. Because I promise you, these people that have these ailments, they would give up everything they had in order to be healed. A lot of these people are suffering with secret sicknesses, brothers and sisters. And they got all the money in the world. Because why? The money can't buy you this information. <laughs> See? The money can't buy you the cure. Why? Because if you get the cure, then everybody else will know about it. So they'll let you die. And you'll spend your entire life's savings on trying to be healed when it's contained in the Bible. The very place that you're running away from contains your answer. It contains your answer, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 14 through 17 again. Ecclesiasticus 30 verse 14. Better is the poor being sound and strong of constitution than a rich man that is afflicted in his body. Health and good estate of the body are above all gold, and a strong body above infinite wealth. There is no riches above a sound body, and no joy above the joy of the heart. Death is better than a bitter life or continual sickness. Death is better than a bitter life or continual sickness. Brothers and sisters, the best investment you can make is in your health, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that by going to verse 21. We're going to read 21 through 25. Verse 21, give not over thy mind to heaven, to heaviness, and afflict not thyself in thine own counsel. The gladness of the heart is the life of man, and the joyfulness of a man prolongeth his days. Brothers and sisters, joy is a remedy for infirmity. This is showing you, give not your mind over to heaviness. Examine that, which is, is you know... Thinking on heavy stuff and, and woe is me and all this type of stuff that leads you to have a, a low countenance, to be depressed. Because you've given your mind over to this stuff. It says, and, not, and afflict not yourself in thine own counsel. See, it's your own counsel that leads to that spiritual 
heaviness. It, it leads to what? Depression. That's why it says the gladness of the heart is the life of a man. The joyfulness of a man prolongeth his days. These are keys to a long, healthy life, brothers and sisters. Read 22 again, brother. Verse 22. The gladness of the heart is the life of, a, of man, and the joyfulness of a man prolongeth his days. Love thine own soul, and comfort thy heart. Remove sorrow far from thee, for sorrow hath killed many, and there is no profit therein. See, sorrow, brothers and sisters. And what, how, do you, how do sorrow fall upon you? The cares of the world. That's how. What I don't have, and who has more than me, and I wish I had this. See? That spirit of worry, that spirit of anxiousness, have killed many brothers and sisters. See? So I need you to really examine this, brothers and sisters. See, that's why the Bible tell you gain, a contentment is great gain. The spirit of contentment is great gain. Why? Because it affects your health, brothers and sisters. Somebody who's always saying, you know, something negative or how much more they should have or how much they don't have, that leads to a sickness Brothers and sisters, because you always look at things from a negative perspective. Proverbs tell you, as a man think he as he is. So if you think like that, your soul becomes sick, you brothers and sisters. So it's showing you what? The Bible is showing you detailed information on behaviors that lead to sickness. Read 23, brother. Verse 23. Love thine own soul and comfort thy heart. Remove sorrow far from thee, for sorrow hath killed many, and there is no profit therein. Envy and wrath shorten the life, and carefulness bringeth age before the time. See, worrisomeness bringeth age before the time, brothers and sisters. It bring depression, because you're worried, you're anxious about every single thing. If you can't control it, it worries you. A cheerful and good heart will have a care... Of his meat and diet. So, brothers and sisters, these scriptures detailed a plethora of behaviors that lead to what? That can lead to sickness. And on the back end, it shows you what? Continual stress will send you to an early grave. When it tells you, in carefulness, bring age before time. Stress. Stress bring age before time, brothers and sisters. And the last scripture there is what? Read 25. Verse 25. A cheerful and good heart will have a care of his meat and diet. Examine that. See? A good heart, a, a good man or woman that follow the law, statutes, and commandments, they, they take care of their meat and diet. They don't just eat anything because it's good. What the Bible says, don't eat pork, crab, shrimp, and lobster. Well, it tastes good. See? You don't have a good heart. You're not cheerful. The Bible is telling you, somebody who follows the law, statutes, and commandments, will have care of his meat and diet. You don't just put anything in you, brothers and sisters. Some of these people, they eat possum and all types of stuff out here. The most I saying, you're too valuable for that. And guess what? You're going to die from eating that stuff. Don't you think, brothers and sisters, that the God that created everything we see should be able to tell us what's best for the body that he created for us? <laughs> What do you think about that? Do you think the Most High should, you know, should he be able to do that? 
Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 37 and 29, brothers and sisters. Because it, why? It said that a, good, a man of good heart shall care about his meat and diet. Ecclesiasticus 37, verse 29. Be not unstable in any dainty thing. Unsatiable, read that again. Be not unsatiable in any dainty thing, nor too greedy upon meats. What is this showing? This is showing gluttony. The insatiable appetite have killed many. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 29. Be not unsatiable in any dainty thing, nor too greedy upon meats. For excess of meats bringeth sickness. Read that again. For excess of meats bringeth sickness. And surfeiting. Surfeiting will turn into colon. Yes. So what is this showing, brothers and sisters? Now the Bible is telling you how a way to stay healed. He's showing you what can bring sickness. It says, be not unsatiable in what they would call delicacies, delicatessens. Nor too greedy upon meats. Why? Because the excess of meat brings sickness. So now you understand. Okay, if you're dealing with a certain sickness. Alright, you know what? For the next six months, I'm not eating any meat. Why? Because the Bible is showing you that excess of meat can bring sickness. Brothers and sisters. See? Why are Christians teaching this? This is the art of healing. It's showing you what? The spirit of gluttony. Leads to sickness. Too many meats lead to sickness. Read that from the top, brother. Verse 29. Ecclesiasticus 37, verse 29. Be not insatiable in any dainty thing, nor too greedy upon meats. For excess of meats bringeth sickness, and suffering will turn into choler. By suffering have many perished. And he that taketh heed prolongeth his life. Right. By just, you know, eating whatever you want to eat, brothers and sisters, without no restriction, without any restraint, not really caring for the diet. Many have perished, brothers and sisters. But he that take heed prolongeth his days. Now, brothers and sisters, eating is one of the most pleasurable activities, and God intended it to be so. However, the same appetites that add to our life's pleasure... If misused can make us ill. Brothers and sisters. So we need you to really examine that. And now you're seeing why fasting <laughs> scientifically helps the body. Somebody dealing with certain sicknesses. Okay, you know what? Let me cut out meats. That's why you see in a lot of these documentaries. They're saying I went on a vegan or vegetarian diet and I was healed. See, brothers and sisters. Now, are we saying you have to become a vegetarian or a vegan? No, we're not saying that. We're giving you what the Bible is saying, which is eating too many meats and all types of meats will lead into sickness, brothers and sisters. That's why the Bible says a man with a good heart take care of his diet. Let's go to Matthew 4 and 23, brother. We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. We're almost done here. Matthew 4, verse 23. And Christ went above all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, and all manner of disease among the people. Read that again, brother. Verse 23. 
And Christ went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness. And healing what? All manner of sickness, and all manner of disease amongst the people. To show you what? There's no such thing as an incurable disease. Healing all manners of sickness, and all manners of disease. Brothers and sisters, you must understand that. See? You must understand that, brothers and sisters. You must find the origin of the ailment. There's no such thing that it's a disease or sickness that can't be healed. So I don't care what the doctor come in there and say to you, brothers and sisters. Don't allow them to break you. Because that's what they're looking for. When they initially diagnose you, they're looking to see how you react. They're looking to see how you react, brothers and sisters. Because if you believe it's incurable, it is. Read that again, brother. Matthew 4 and 23. And Christ went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. All manner of sickness, brothers and sisters. All manner of disease, brothers and sisters. I need you really to, know, to, to analyze this. Because there's a certain power and authority that come with knowing there is no such thing as an incurable ailment, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew 9 and 18, brother. Same book, just a few chapters over. Matthew 9, verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Christ arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And, behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall behold. But Christ turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thou what? Thy faith hath made thee whole. Brothers and sisters, your ability to believe that determines your ability to receive that. If you believe, you cannot be healed. If you believe what the Bible's giving you is old and, you know, you need to have modern medicine, guess what? <laughs> We must strengthen our faith to be more dependent on the Most High rather than man-made medicine. Brothers and sisters, read that again. Verse 22. But Christ turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy what? Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. So listen, I'm not going to be re you know, relegated to believe that something's uncurable because you told me so. I'm not going to believe anything this earth has to say concerning my health. Because then they look at you like you're crazy, you know, when, when you say this. Because they're thinking, hold on, you didn't go to, you know, you didn't go to John Hopkins University. You didn't go to none of these schools that I went to. And now you're telling me. That you can be healed? Listen, I'm telling you, there's no answer scientifically. Therefore, there's no answer you could have. <laughs> See, this is what they do, brothers and sisters. This is what they do. So you must be vibrant. When they call you and say, Mr. Jones, we got some, you know, we got some news for you, man. Or we need to call you in, Miss Sarita. Right? 
You must be vibrant, knowing that there's nothing that can come out of this doctor's mouth that's going to make me worried. Because I have the scriptures that tell me how to be healed. How to be healed. Why? Because the first step of, the, of that diagnosis is meant to break you down psychologically. You need to know that, brothers and sisters. You have no answer to this because there's no answer scientifically. This is what they want to say, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was to give you the strength, to give you the authority, brothers and sisters, to do what? To be able to heal yourself and to heal your, your brothers and sisters. You need the scriptures and what the scriptures divulge, brothers and sisters. The scriptures beautifully articulate what? The power, the secret power of healing outside of modern medicine. Now, listen, if I break my arm or something, yes, I'm going to the doctor. They're good with that type of stuff. You know, put me in a cash, wrap me up. But when it comes to certain sicknesses and ailments and diseases, I'm going to do what the Bible told me to do, which is to pray to the Most High first. Put the sin down. Use the herbs. Fast and prayer. See, those are your steps right there, brothers and sisters. Those are your steps to be healed. We encourage you to download and keep this lesson, brothers and sisters, because we're dealing in a world full of sickness. And the only answer is contained in the scripture, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Hosea 4 and 6. We're going to close up. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Read that again. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Read that one more time, brother. My Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because we reject knowledge. So some people will actually hear this and still reject it, brothers and sisters. They'll see that sickness come from sin and then say, nah, the Bible, that's old, you know, the Bible don't know. That's for back in the day. I had one sister, a Christian too, tell me, well, certain things in the Bible don't apply to today. And I'm like... I'm, I'm flabbergasted that a Christian would tell me that there's certain things that's in the Bible that's only for back then. So, brothers and sisters, you'll have people who will reject this knowledge and they will also be rejected, brothers and sisters. So, what we must do is use the Bible to learn the spiritual application to be able to fight a spiritual disease. There is no disease or sickness or ailment that cannot be cured, brothers and sisters. You must first identify the origin, identify the source, identify it as a spiritual sickness, a spiritual fight first. Why? Because if it's a spiritual sickness, then it's a spiritual cure, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was the art of healing. We pray that our brothers and sisters were able to go through this lesson and take out the precepts and knowledge that they need to be able to deal with the, the art of healing for their families, their friends, mama, daddy, granddaddy, grandmama, 
You're going to need this information. Why? Because we've already read that sickness is profitable, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was the art of healing. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.